Good morning, high school basketball fans. Welcome to another edition of the Upstate Hoops podcast. I'm Jim Sinecropi here inside the FingerLakes1.com studios on the third floor of the North Park building in Seneca Falls, New York. On Super Bowl Sunday, February 2nd, 2020, that's 02022020. That's a palindrome, and it happens once every 900 years. The Upstate Hoops podcast happens low every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., at least from November to February. And uh, we got another good episode for you today, although I'm all alone up here today, no guests. Uh, We are going to take a look around the leagues as we head into February, a look at sectional standings, updated power rankings, and some big games coming up this week. The Upstate Hoops podcast and all of our coverage of Wayne Finger Lakes High School basketball is brought to you thanks to the support of Generations Bank, Little John Orthodontics, DeSanto Propane, and Bill Cram Chevrolet. Generations Bank is celebrating 150 years of serving and supporting our hometowns. Visit MyGenBank.com for the best choices in checking, savings, home equities, mortgages, and much more. Generations has been the Finger Lakes Bank since 1870. Generations Bank member FDIC. So, uh, thanks for joining me this morning. And we'll start off by looking at the Finger Lakes East boys. Uh, Some Pretty big games this week in the league. Uh, first off, earlier in the week, Geneva hosted Penyan and won 74-40. And that was a little shocking um, deficit because Penyan has been playing really well. And it was a pretty tough week for Penyan. Later in the week, it was uh, Newark hosting Penyan. And they won 63-24. to And that was a... Kind of a statement win, I think, for Newark, who's been really struggling against the top teams in the East. Uh, but to come out and get uh, what thirty-nine point win at home against a good Penyan team was a pretty impressive outcome. Uh, Wayne, it's been all Wayne in the Finger Lakes East standings this year, and they uh, went to Pelmac short trip. Wayne Pelmac, Wayne wins fifty-four twenty-nine. Wayne then takes a little longer drive to Midlakes and wins there 60-35. to New head coach at Midlakes, the JV coach, has moved up to take over for A.J. Rowley. Um, not sure exactly what happened there or why the midseason change. Uh, coach Rowley, passionate guy, good coach. I was a little surprised to see that. Um, but again, I, I don't know the story or reasoning behind it, but a uh, new coach at the helm on the bench at, at Midlakes. Uh, the Waterloo boys, speaking of Midlakes, went to Midlakes and escaped with an eight-point victory. And then uh, probably the most, uh, I don't know if I'd call it shocking, but uh, big win for Minders. They go to Newark and win by 12, 72 to 60. I want to talk about this one for just a second. Troy Cabot had 28 points, eight three-pointers. Uh, one off the school record held by Devin Anderson of nine. Uh, Jared King had 16 points. Griffin Heron, 14. I think that's a season high. Mike Bogart, 10. Uh, in all, Minders made 14 three-pointers. 
And I wasn't at the game, but a lot of people I know were there. And, you know, Minders was just getting open three-pointers against that Newark 2-3 zone. And I've said it a lot before here. It's it's still starting to get a little more used to Newark playing 2-3 zone, uh, traditionally known for their man-to-man defense. But they did switch late, and uh, but it was too late. Um, so, you know, 14 three-pointers for the Blue Devils. And a uh, big win for them for sectional points in B2. And uh, really, a, it's a crushing loss for Newark, who's falling down the B1 standings. It's going to be really difficult. Uh, you know, remember at the beginning of the year, we were thinking Newark, Waterloo, Geneva, and Class B1 all um, could be make it to the semis maybe maybe we'd have three finger lakes east team in the semis but it's going to be an uphill battle for newark for sure adam lombardi and josh green had 16 points apiece for newark in that loss to minders and um then minders goes to waterloo friday night you saw it on fingerlakes1.com boys girls doubleheader girls first then boys it was always a great night when that happens in any district school district uh, Miners and Waterloo have been doing it now for the past several years, and um, it was a good game. It was tied with two minutes to go, and then Miners kind of fell apart. Uh, Jake Smith turned it over near midcourt, led to a run out. Jared King wide open layup um, from the right side off the rim and out. A couple more miss point blank layups for Miners. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Ru- Ruez hit a three. Brian Ivey hit a three. Um, some big uptime offensive rebounds for uh, Waterloo down the stretch, and they win 56-48. Could have been an unbelievable week for Miners to go into Newark and Waterloo and get the wins. They're right there and um, couldn't pull it off. But, you know, credit to Waterloo. I talked to Coach Darnell at halftime. We did a little sideline interview during that broadcast, and, oh, man, he was frustrated at the effort. Uh, that his boys were putting forth uh, in in their effort on the glass, specifically rebounding. And uh, they did pull it together just in time. Uh, But, you know, I say this, got a young minders team, right? Beginning of the year, we talked about how young minders was. And the funny thing about high school basketball, it only takes a couple months to get a lot older. So, you know, Minders was a young team in, uh, you know, late November, early December. And, you know, when Marcus Whitman held him to 34 points. But you get a lot older in two months of uh, practicing every day, playing in games. And uh, this Minders team has grown up quite a bit to go into that environment in Waterloo. Uh, you know, Waterloo bloom away at Arthur L. Baker in Seneca Falls earlier this year and to really take it right down to the wire. So um, it would have been a great win for Minders to complement that win against Newark earlier this week. But um, overall, fantastic week for Minders if you're looking ahead to Class B2 sectionals. So uh, again, good week for the Blue Devils, even though they went 1-1, one and one, a win against Newark on the road and then on the road a tight game against Waterloo. Uh, another game this week that was pretty interesting when we're talking about B1 sectional standings would be Geneva heading down to Hornell. Watch that game on Peich Sports. 
And, uh, and I, they do something. They, they live stream the game. It'll be up on YouTube for a few hours, and then they usually yank it off. I think they Hornell's coach doesn't want other people to have it for scouting purposes. But, um, you know, Geneva pretty much handled them 62-47. to 47, And uh, it just further exemplifies how Geneva – may be the team to beat in B1. Batavia's pretty good, too. And Odyssey, I think, is in B1 as well. But, you know, right now, Geneva's playing great basketball. The guard plays amazing. Devin Martin uh, is a tremendous athlete. Brings a lot of size. And uh, they play up and down. Uh, they play together. They can... They have plenty of three-point shooters, so they can really adapt to a lot of different types of uh, teams that they'll play or situations that they'll be in. And, you know, Geneva, front-runner in B1 right now, and that win over Hornell on the road, handily uh, beating the Red Raiders of Hornell, 62-47. Bodes well for postseason sectionals. And, you know, also Palmac went to Geneva. Geneva picked up another win there that week. So let's just take a look at those Finger Lakes East boys standings right now. And, you know, it seems like all year long we've been waiting for the shoe to drop for Wayne. Um, again, they're a young team too. We talked about it all year, about how, how all their losses to graduation last year. But uh, there they are, 13-1, and one, uh, playing a really tough schedule. 10 and 0 in the league and uh they're not nobody's going to catch them. I mean, we're, there'll be Friday night in Waterloo on Finger Lakes One Radio with a video replay Saturday morning of that game um is a opportunity for them to uh drop a game. I think I'll, I'll go through the upcoming schedule here. Who else do they have this week? Uh Newark's going to Wayne. So, there is a potential that they could lose both those games, but you know what? I Bought into the Wayne Eagles and Coach Thompson. Um, they're probably going to run the table. That the um, they're going to probably win both those games. I'm, I've been waiting. You know, I think when they played Geneva last, I had them as underdogs, and um, you know, another win for the Wayne Eagles. So um, I'm a believer, and I'm also a believer that when they get to A2 sectionals and play those tough A schools, that they can win. Their third sectional title in four years. Uh, can't wait to see them on Friday. I haven't seen them in person yet this year, which is kind of crazy. But um, that'll be a good one in Waterloo and a good test for Waterloo and um, another chance for Wayne to just prove that they're the class of the Wayne Finger Lakes this year. And and then you look at Geneva eight and two, Waterloo at seven and three, Newark at six and four in the league. Eight and six overall, <clears throat> and uh, you know that win, that loss. Minders almost had a chance this week if they pulled off that win against Waterloo to kind of elevate uh, elevate themselves into the upper half of the standings there. But of course, it didn't happen. And um, to think that it could have happened, that Minders could have ended up in that top four groups of three, four teams there that we've considered kind of the, the elite of the Finger Lakes East. It would have been almost unthinkable just given how they played out of the gate and um, just, you know, thinking that this team is a year or two away uh, from 
you know, being able to compete for a league title again. <clears throat> and again, I'm not talking about sectional titles, as we'll look in a second here. Actually, why don't we? Um, why don't we just go over to the Class B1 standings um, for sectionals here? Actually, I'm going to show you A2 real quick. And there's Wayne at two. And these are big schools. Um, a lot of them with returning players. Wayne's got a totally new roster. And yet they're up there number two right now. And they don't do it by playing a bunch of, um, you know, patsies. They don't load them up just to get sectional points. They play one of the toughest schedules of all the Wayne Finger Lakes teams. And... There they are, number two. Now, the problem for Wayne is the East High is ridiculously good. Um, they're the team that knocked Wayne out of the uh, sectionals last year in the semifinals uh, after winning back-to-back A2 titles. And Wayne's going to have to go through East again if they want to capture that third sectional title for their school. Um, and then, of course, you got North Star Christian up there. Uh, we saw what they did to Lions at the community center earlier this year. Uh, they beat Geneva. Um, Barkus Whitman, though, did beat North Star Christian. Uh, then you got School of the Arts, Pittsburgh Sutherland, and, and even down to like Wilson, uh, who's struggling a little this year. No gimmies in Class A2. So now let's look at Class B1 and B2 because we're talking about uh, Finger Lakes East right now. And in Class uh, B1, it's all Finger Lakes East. And there we go. Geneva has worked their way up to the top spot. That's why that win against Hornell was so big. On the road, no less. And then you got Batavia number two, which is probably along with Geneva, they're the teams to beat. Uh, you know, a Geneva-Batavia matchup coming down the road here in sectionals would be pretty pretty cool to watch. Now, um a few years ago when Geneva was still Class A2, uh, they ran up against Batavia and and defeated them at the Blue Cross Arena. But now both in B1. And then Hornell 3, Waterloo 4. Uh, man, they if they lost that game to Minders, what a nightmare for Waterloo. Probably would have dropped down out of the top four. And, you know, it's, it's we know it's important to be in that top four. Um, for seeding and home court advantage through the semifinals, that type of stuff. And then Greece Odyssey at five, a really tough fifth seed in Odyssey. Um, Livonia, who's a little down this year, but they beat Whitman. Again, Whitman beat Hornell. Marcus Whitman, C1 school, beat Hornell, but Livonia beat Whitman. And there's Newark at seven. Um, so a big bounce back week are for the Reds coming up here, and it was also a big bounce-back win for the Reds against Penyan to just stop that free fall through the B1 standings. And just behind him is Pelmac, who uh, could be dangerous. They haven't had much success in the league this year, but uh, then you got North Rose Wilkett with a very talented player in Quentin Norris, um, Midlakes at 10, and Greece Olympia at 11. So I can't wait for these B1 playoffs coming up. Uh, there's going to be some potential amazing matchups. And, um, yeah, I hope Newark can get back into that mix uh, with Waterloo and Geneva 
and uh, maybe give us a three-team semifinal somewhere in Class B1. And so while we're here, we got to look at B2 now. And again, this is Minders and Penyan. <clears throat> and a lot of Livingston County teams, essentially. And looking at the standings, Avon's been the class and probably the team to beat. Avon would be fairly heavy favorites, I think, against Penyon and Minders if it came down to it. But after that, you got Wellsville at two, who's got a really good player, uh, but they haven't been dominant enough to say that it wouldn't be like a pick game if it was Penyon Wellsville or Penyon Minders. Then Leroy. Um, and then there you go, four and five Penyan Minders. So can Minders and Penyan push their way into uh, that, or remain in the top four for Penyan, but get into the top four for Minders? I mean, coming up this week, Penyan, Waterloo's at Penyan, huge game for Waterloo. Minders is hosting Penyan. On Friday night, that's a huge game for Minders, obviously, for both teams um, in these B2 standings. They're going to square off. And then looking down, uh, you know, Haverling hasn't been, Beth Haverling has not been impressive. Matter of fact, Hornell um, beat them pretty bad this week. Uh, Wayland Cohocton, Rochester Prep, um, World of Inquiry. It's, it's basically, this is winnable. It's a winnable tournament for Minders or Penyan. They won't be favorites, but I wouldn't be. I'd be disappointed if one of them didn't advance to the Blue Cross Arena because they're not both going to have to go through Avon. Um, so, reason for Penyan and Miners, two teams not near the top of the Finger Lakes East, to keep striving to get better because when they get to the post game, they may have as good a chance to win a sectional title as a Geneva or a Waterloo. So that's just kind of how it works, high school basketball. So. A lot of good stuff going on Finger Lakes East. Let's take it out west, though. And one of the games that was a little... Not sh it was, this wasn't shocking at all, but Red Jacket doesn't get tested much this year in the Finger Lakes West. Marcus Whitman's off to an independent schedule, and Red Jacket keeps winning by wide margins, running up sectional points they almost tripped at HAC which maybe should have been an indicator that um, maybe we're a little too excited about Red Jacket it's tough when we can't judge a team but Red Jacket hosted York a very good class D team and that was going to be a test for Red Jacket and it was a test that they did not pass playing at home they lost 69 to 66 uh, Riley Stella for York put up 26 points on him. Uh, Matt Record had 25. By the way, congratulations, Matt Record, 1,000 points. Always a great accomplishment. And his teammate Chase Rizzo had 21 in the loss. But really the one game so far this year where Red Jacket may not have been favored going in, they lost. And it was at home. So, a little concerned about Red Jacket, but you know what? They say sometimes you don't want to go into the postseason undefeated. You want to take a loss. I don't necessarily agree with that, but 
Um, <clears throat> see if they can bounce back and learn from that loss to York this week. They uh, handled Naples this week, 86-46. They handled Dundee on the road, 55-40, to uh, an improved Dundee team. And, uh, yeah, the, the Red Jacket Indians uh, suffered their first loss this week. Other scores from the West, HAC beat Bloomfield, 44-39. This HAC team uh, is uh, showing out pretty well here. Uh, as the season goes on, uh, boys and girls side actually, but uh, HAC also hosted Romulus. The Romulus boys trying to get some momentum going. Uh, they've had an up and down year, no doubt. Uh, they lost on the road at HAC, fifty-five forty-seven. And then, really, the other story in the West so far has been the Honeyoy Bulldogs. Now, again, they have a couple girls on their team because the Honeyoy girls team has. Uh, didn't have a team this year, so um, they it's the Honeyoy boys and a couple of girls uh, won seven in a row now. And again, they're a smaller school that's going to have a chance to make some noise in sectionals. They've had pretty good success recently in sectionals, um, falling to the Clyde Savannah Golden Eagles a couple of years ago uh, at the Blue Cross Arena uh, with a horrible injury to John Marble that, that game. Otherwise, maybe the result might have been different. But Honeyway's winners are seven and zero. They defeated Dundee fifty four to forty five in Dundee, and then South Seneca went to Honeyway, and the South Seneca team's playing better too. So some of these smaller C class C or D schools in the West might have a shot to make a run come sectional time, and South Seneca is one of them. Uh, you know, Matt Kenyon provides a lot of great leadership for that crew, and. Uh, he scored 16 in the loss at Honeyway, a 61-56 loss. Dom Tripp, Trippy had 18 for the Bulldogs. Jack Reynolds, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Jake Jurasinki, uh, 11 points, 8 rebounds. So coming up this week, as we take a look at the standings <clears throat> in the West, you know, Red Jack is going to win the league. They're already three games clear of Honeyway. And then another big drop-off after Honeyoy, uh, Bloomfield, South Seneca, Dundee, HAC, Romulus. Um, again, Romulus a little disappointing, but being the smallest school in the Wayne Finger Lakes, they're going to have a chance to make a run. Uh, Naples, 0-9, a really tough season for the Big Green. But uh, all those teams in the middle, Bloomfield, South Seneca, Dundee, HAC, got, they have something to play for as we move closer to sectionals. But... Uh, we didn't see this coming out of Honeyoy. Um, putting together a nice, solid season. Seven wins in a row, 12-4 and four overall, 8-3 and three in the West. And you'll see Red Jacket with that one loss, 15-1. and one. So let's, um, before we go to look at the sectional standings <clears throat> for some of these schools, let's go to the Wayne County League because there's going to be a lot of Wayne County teams in there with Finger Lakes West teams in Class C1 and C2 and uh, and D. Maybe not D, but Lions. I mean, Dean Shot does a great job. Tons of talent. We pretty much preseason anoint them as winning their 20th sectional title in their school history and winning the Wayne County League. But they're showing some 
Um, chinks in the armor, maybe. They went on the road at Cato Meridian, Section 3, OHSL League, uh, which, by the way, you can check out Coach Will Dumont's podcast. You, we link it up on Finger Lakes 1, uh, CNY Hoops Nation. It's going to be part of the Finger Lakes 1 sports family. He's covering these teams in um, Section 3, OHSL, you know, Weedsport, Port Byron, Hannibal, Cato. Um, so look for that. But a little crossover, Section 5, Section 3 crossover, and Lions escapes with a three-point win at Cato Meridian. I don't know much about Cato Meridian, but I would have thought going in that Lions would handle that game easily. Of course, Justin Smith didn't play. Still out with that foot injury, but he did return later in the week. But um, they gave up uh, Marcus... Ramakis, 27 points for Cato Meridian. Meanwhile, for Lions, Jalen Battle, 9 points. He, he's a JV call-up. Nate Henry, 8. Horace Betts, 8. Jatez Barber, 8. J.C. Walker, 8. Amir James, 7. They spread it around. They got the win. So that's all that matters. And now back to league play. Lions goes to East Rochester. And a place they struggled, even with some of their better teams. And they get an easy 80-63 to 63 win. There, uh, Horace Betts, season-high 30 points for Lions in that one. Chuck Dom had 24 to lead the Bombers. And then they host Gananda. Now, they beat Gananda pretty bad in Gananda earlier this year, and this was like the last gasp effort for the second-place team in Wayne County, Gananda, to catch Lions, uh, to have any chance of catching Lions and maybe share a piece of that Wayne County title. And it was tied, or Ganada might even have been one up at the end of the third quarter, which was a little shot, surprising. And Lions, though, takes care of business, 75-58, and it was a relief to see Justin Tootie-Smith in the box score, scoring 13 points, and um, Jay Battle with 10 there. Uh, so there's another piece that uh, Coach Schatz added to his arsenal of weapons in Lions. Now, Horace Betts, another good game, 17 points. If Horace Betts can start putting up, you know, averaging 15, 16 points a game, that just adds to the uh, dynamic nature of uh, what Coach Schott is able to bring to the table here with multiple scores. Benji Bad Company kept 13 points in that one as well. And Andrew Gabber, one of the most fun point guards you'll see play. Uh, 23 points in that loss. And, again, Gananda kind of taking a back seat in our coverage this year just because they're not, um, well, they're far away from us here in Seneca Falls. But uh, after that first win where Lions kind of beat them badly, you kind of wrote them off for the league. But they're going to be in Class C1 with Marcus Whitman and Red Jacket. And I'd love to see a semifinal matchup with Gananda against either one of those teams I just mentioned. Um, also in Wayne County this week, um, East Rochester hosted North Rose Wolcott, got a nine-point win. And then a little crossover action. You heard it on Finger Lakes 1. Uh, Clyde Savannah hosted Romulus, and they won 55-44. And the big thing about that game was Cam Chance had a big stat line, uh, 25 points. And 25 rebounds. So it's a lot of rebounds for Cam Chance. And let's take a look at how the Wayne County standings are shaping up. And, yeah, with that win, Lions pulls 
two and a half clear of Gananda, and they're going to win the Wayne County League. That wasn't a surprise. Um, you know, we thought that going into the year. Uh, Gananda's been able to hold serve against almost everybody else. They were upset earlier this year by, was it uh, East Rochester, maybe? But, um, and then heading down there, you know, North Rose Wolcott, having a pretty solid season after being pretty horrible the past couple of years since they had that incredible uh, team uh, with Garrett Hoyt and Tyler Norris and, uh, but working their way back up. Clyde Savannah also after having a horrible year in Coach Darren Preston's first year where um, they had trouble getting enough guys to field the team. They still have a short bench, but 10-4 um, and four overall, having a good year. And um, interested to see how they do postseason. East Rochester hanging in there. They're 500 overall, 500 in the league. And then uh, beyond that, you know, Williamson is much improved. Sotis, with the talent they have on their roster, I just can't figure out how they don't win more ball games. And uh, then you have Marion, of course, at 0-15. So, and Clyde did host Sotis this week with us beat him 71 43 and north rose Wolcott went to williamson and escaped with a two-point win uh quentin norris with 19 points in that one and then coming up this week tuesday night live on finger lakes one in rushville lions at marcus whitman we've been waiting for this one all year and it's tuesday night can't wait to see this matchup lions beat him in the atwood but I think it's going to be more of a true test of uh, how these teams match up with Lions on the road at a bigger court at Whitman. Uh, Atwood, a really tough place to play, especially if you're not used to playing there. So Lions at Whitman, Tuesday night, 7.25 p.m., live on FingerLakes1.com. Thursday night, East Rochester at Clyde Savannah, and then Lions at North Rose Wolcott. And then um, should mention Marcus Whitman before we take a look at some of these sectional standings. Um, they had one game this week. They beat Rochester Prep 52-36. to Liam Prendergrass with 14 points, 11 rebounds. Connor Tomian with 14. Seth Benedict's 9 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. So one point short of a triple-double for Seth Benedict. Usually you get the points easy and the rebounds or assists are, are tough. But Benedict, 9 points. 12 rebounds, 10 assists. Jordan Lehu, 7 points. This week for Marcus Whitman playing the independent schedule. They go at Wellsville on Friday. Going to be interesting to see how that works out. Now, Wellsville B2, you just saw um, with Minders and Penyan. And uh, they're going to match up against Whitman. And then, speaking of Minders, next Monday, a week from tomorrow, it'll be Marcus Whitman at Minders. So another interesting matchup. So what do you say we take a look at some sectional standings? Actually, before I go into the sectional standings, I want to play you an interview uh, with Red Jackets. Chase Rizzo from our coverage of the Bloomfield Red Jacket game just over a week ago. And uh, he sat down with Nate Sharman and Jason Hunt for the Little John Orthodox postgame show. So I'm going to play that one for you right now real quick. Good interview. Really, Chase 
Rizzo seems like a great kid, very charismatic, great player, great athlete, good football player, um, and uh, kind of kid that you really can root for. And, of course, we'll be rooting for the Red Jacket Indians, come as we do all the Wayne Finger Lakes teams come the postseason. But here's Chase Rizzo with Nate Sharman and Jason Hunt. We're back at, here in Red Jacket postgame coverage, the Little John Orthodontic Smiles with Style postgame show. We're here with Chichino's player of the game, Chase Rizzo. Chase, great game today. Thank you very much. Uh, my first question, uh, game plan. What was the game plan coming into it? Our whole game plan was to stop them from penetrating. Uh, they can definitely get into the get into the paint and finish well around the rim. So our whole game plan was to pinch that off. Hopefully they could kick it out and hopefully they didn't knock down the shots. They definitely did knock down some shots, and we knew that if our defense was great and we stopped them on defense, then uh, our defense would lead to offense, and that's exactly what happened all night. Exactly. You guys push it up the floor really yep. well, too. Uh, I, I love uh, Adam Borsman. What oh, a yeah. great point guard. Yep. Phenomenal. Yeah, it must make things a lot easier for you when you get you guys your team is able to corral the rebound and forces got his eyes looking up. All you got to yes, do is sir. receive, corral, and and make the layup, and you guys do that very well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, now, uh, you know, I noticed uh, you and Demore work well in the paint. Um, is that something you guys kind of established over the years? Or yep, uh, I grew up with Andrew. I've been playing with him for a couple years now, uh, and every day in practice we get in with each other. We get one person to come between us. We know figure out when to take it off one of us, the other one when to dish it off. It's just great chemistry between us and being having such a small school. Everyone knows each other, and especially people you go to practice with ever after, after day. You get to meet them, talk with them, and you get to know them very well. Nice. Question for you. Uh, one of the layups you're coming right here. Were you looking to dunk that? Ah, I'd have to say I was. Okay. I definitely was. I had, I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah, I was looking for it, and then I realized I didn't have the position, and I just laid it in. You made it. Yeah, you yep. made it. Good. So now you guys move to 13-0, and obviously undefeated on the season. How do you guys kind of, um, you know, kind of come back down to reality and make sure you're coming every game with the chip on your shoulder the same and kind of treating every game the same way? What is, how do you guys kind of make sure you're humble in that, yep. in that regard? Uh, we really, uh, we try, we try to, really what we do is we look back to last year. We know we played well, always did it, but we always realized we weren't the best team yep. once we get in the sectionals. So we always really talk to each other, and we have hard practices, hard nose. We always get at it, and any little thing we do, we know we have to fix that right then and there so it doesn't trail with us the rest of the year. Does Coach Gage kind of talk about that game last year, or does it kind of a distant memory, or do you guys kind of build off it and still talk about it, kind of licking your wounds a little bit? About oh, yeah, it, it always comes up. Okay. We always we use it as a little, of course, chip on the shoulder. We always yep. say we want to knock it off, and we want to get back there, but this time we don't want to go there just to go there for the experience. This time we want to go there and get that trophy. Love the motivation. And that's yes, what me and Nate were talking about earlier. You know, yes, you guys are undefeated now, but this group lost the Lions last yep, year. We did. You know, no doubt about yep. it. <laughs> you know, and that's uh, that's that's the motivator yep. right there. And that's that's, that's yeah for sure. Um, and also, I want to want to say something that. Uh, Watching the podcast, I believe you should join the Finger Lakes One Sports Team when you when you get out. <laughs> it was very impressive. You got you guys were uh, you really did really well on that. It was Thank awesome. you, I appreciate yeah, that. It was fun, Thank fun you very to much. To you. Um, we'll let you get with your team. Perfect. Okay. Um, I don't have a certificate, Jim. Uh, I'm going to get your address. Okay. Uh, actually, I'll just have Jim get up with you and get your yeah. address. Sounds sure great. He has your number. So, yep. congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got it. Thanks Thank so you. much, man. Great game today. Thank you. All right, so that was there you had uh, Chase Rizzo from Red Jacket, and um, man, we're throwing we got pizzas all over the Wayne Finger Lakes. We've given away over twenty pizzas so far this year. More to come. Uh, thanks to our great sponsor, Chichino's Pizzeria, in uh, restaurant in Geneva, Waterloo, and inside Del Lago Casino. Got to be. 21 years of age to enjoy the pizza at, from Chichino's at Delago. But, um, yeah, I just wanted you guys to hear that interview with Chase Rizzo from 
um, last week after their win against Bloomfield. And let's take a look at some sectional standings now um, in the C classes. Let's see if I can pull them up here for you. Okay, where are we? Here we are. C1. So excited about C1. There you have Red Jacket um, leading the way. There's nothing going to stop him from nabbing that number one seed and everything that comes with it at this point. Um, right behind him, though, Marcus Whitman. And I'm impressed that Marcus Whitman's been able to maintain this number two seed with the schedule that they play. Um, some more challenges coming up. As you can see there, uh, they're not they're pretty comfortably ahead. They're not comfortably ahead of Gananda or Byron Bergen. So those games against Lions and Minders coming up for Whitman and Wellsville, they're gonna be big tests. And I think it would be important for Whitman to want to maintain that number two seed, um, which would potentially set up a Blue Cross Arena showdown between Red Jacket and Whitman if they were both to get there, which would be uh, one of our dream matchups, I guess you might say. They were supposed to play each other twice this year in the Finger Lakes West, but Whitman went into independent, and it, I think would be really something if they could square off in sectionals either in semis but, or at the Blue Cross Arena. Again, Whitman really on a mission to get that sectional title this year after falling in the Blue Cross last year and then um, to, uh, to a really tough C.G. Finney team and then running up against another uh, private charter school the year before, North Star Christian, in the semifinals. So Whitman on a mission for sure. Red Jacket uh, falling in this Blue Cross Arena last year to Lions. So both these teams got Blue Cross experience and would love to see them square off at the big house for a sectional title. A lot has to happen, though, before that scenario plays out. And then Gananda right there at three. So Wayne Finger Lakes dominating C1. Byron Bergen would be a tough out for any of those teams. East Rochester hanging around in there at five. Don't be. I would not be surprised or shocked to see East Rochester make a sectional run. Um, and then here's where it gets kind of interesting. Rochester Academy Charter is um, isn't no. They're no patsy. Um, but then at seven, C.G. Finney, which yeah, they're eight and nine, and they need a last second shot to win at Bloomfield. And you know, if you just look at the results, you've got to say, well, that, well, they won't be much problem for anybody to beat. But Coach Marshawn and has a lot of experience, uh, postseason experience, and he has the best player in Section Five, maybe in ninth grader Marcus Robinson. So, how would you like to face Marcus Robinson in a sectional quarterfinal game if you're a top seed? Um, that's probably going to happen. So, and then Sotus hanging there at, at eight, and then you have some Steuben County teams and uh, Williamson down there at eleven, who has shown the ability maybe to. They've been getting better as the year goes on, to potentially maybe uh, get a, a win in sectionals. So C one's going to be awesome this year. How about C two? Well, let's see what we got. Of course, that's Lions, and there they are, top seed. Uh, Geneseo's tough. Perry, the team that Lions beat for the sectional title last year in the Blue Cross. Traditionally tough. Um, then you got Letchworth, Pembroke, Alexander, even Cuba Rushford. Um, no, no uh, 
Yeah, just going to be able to walk over those teams. But Clyde Savannah, third right now. Uh, kind of unlucky for Clyde maybe to have bumped up to the same classification as Lions this year. But, uh, man, a potential postseason meeting between Clyde and Lions, that would be a lot of fun. And Clyde keeps improving. And I'm not going to hand this sectional title to Lions. Geneseo is going to be tough. And and Clyde's going to be tough, even though they, they handled them um, fairly easily at the Atwood. And then, you know, Bloomfield down there at 9, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if this is a year that Bloomfield can make a run, but uh, that's what we're looking at in Class C1 currently. And let's keep on moving down now and take a look at C3 real quick. Which, not looking too good for the Wayne Finger Lakes here. Um, Cal Mountain is excellent. And York, as you saw what they did to Red Jacket, um, is excellent. Uh, Oakfield, Alabama. Uh, Dundee at 5. South Seneca at 6. HAC at 7. So, if there was going to be some Wayne Finger Lakes flavor in Class C3, it would come from that group of three teams. Maybe one of those teams can make a run pull an upset in the semis, and get to the Blue Cross. Um, from what we've seen so far, that would be a tall task. But, uh, as I said off the top, the team that you are in November when practices start aren't necessarily the team that you are in February when sectionals start. So we'll keep an eye on, on those squads. And uh, maybe real quick I can take a look at... Uh, the rest of the uh, Class D standings here. And, you know, going into the year, didn't think that Honeyway had much of a shot here. But there they are at five. Winners of seven in a row. Uh, can't count Honeyway out. Hammondsport down there on the southern end of Cuca Lake, too, is a team to watch as maybe that could make a run. Um, but, you know, Voca's tough. Genesee Valley's tough. Uh, Fillmore's tough this year. Uh, Allegheny County league and uh batavian over Notre dame always uh difficult so it would be a tall task for honeyway but not out of the question and then finally way down in d2 we got the romulus warriors who um been a little disappointing this year maybe a couple of those wins they could have could have lifted them into the top half of this d2 um standings chart but you know Elba and Prattsburg, you know these. It, we'll see if if Romulus can make a run in D two. But again, they're going to have to make some upsets along the way. So there you have it on the boys' side. Wow, it's exciting. To think about sectionals coming up and uh, some of the potential matchups or where we're going to be come championship weekend. I talked to Tim Lincoln on the girls' side. It looks like the title games, for at least for B and C classes, are going to be at Gates Chile this year. Um, and we're going to get to the girls in a second here. Is Man, we're, we're moving right along here. We're almost three-quarters of the way through the show. So I can tell you about Little John Orthodontics. Dr. Rod Little John and Dr. Liz Barbie are proud to support our area high school athletes. Check out Dr. Rod and Dr. Liz online at littlejohnortho.com. Again, Little John Orthodontics always been a big supporter of our basketball coverage here. And uh, they 
they uh, service so many kids from the Wayne Finger Lakes areas. Uh, the premier orthodontics uh, outlet office uh, operation in the Wayne Finger Lakes. So, uh, Finger Lakes East girls. Going to talk about the Minders girls real quick here. Um, mainly because I see every single Minders girls game. And they're another team just like the boys. They're so young. Um, younger than the boys even. Um, but they continue to work hard, fight, be in games against better teams that you wouldn't think they would be in. And that happened Monday night at Aquinas. Uh, where they fell short 44-39, to but not before giving Aquinas everything that they could handle. And freshman Haley Mosh really had her best game with 14 points. And uh, Meg Marley, 8. Mackenzie Higby, 7 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, so the three leaders for Minders in that game that they almost were able to nip. Uh, Val Kohlberger had a baseline jumper in that game that could have given them the lead late. And then some free throw sealed it for Aquinas. But you're talking about those three girls I mentioned in the stat line for Minders. you got a freshman and two sophomores. Uh, so then Minders comes home against a Newark team that they beat pretty easily earlier in the year, and they struggle. Uh, they win 54-50, to but, um, again, going into that game, you wouldn't think it would have been that big of a struggle. Um, Michaela Colosino had a great game with 14 points. Victoria Ward had 12 points and 12 rebounds for Newark in that game. And then for Minders, another sophomore, Bridget Miller, 11 points, 11 rebounds, double-double. Sydney Sandroni regained her shooting touch, which has been a little off for the month of January, uh, to finish with 10 points. And then Mackenzie Higby with 9.7 rebounds and 5 assists. So then the Minders girls go to Waterloo and um, just got destroyed in the second half of that game. They hung around, I think it was uh, maybe an eight-point deficit at halftime, and then it was all Waterloo. They gave up 30 points in the third quarter to Waterloo. Now, Waterloo, I think, may be the one team that you could you could hope or um, predict possibly a state run out of all the teams in the Wayne Finger Lakes this year. I, I, I put my money on Waterloo girls to um, maybe advance through a long, long way to go, but um, they seem to have that makeup that that they're very deep um, and also very young, but very good. And so some more action from the girls this week. Uh, Penyan with a nice win at Rush Henrietta, or in Penyan, 52-28. And um, Penyan also beat Geneva and Newark. So Penyan girls pick up three wins. Um, Palmac girls currently holding a slight half game lead over Waterloo in the standings, seventy five to forty four over Wayne, and a, another big win for the Waterloo girls. It was live on Finger Lakes One um, Radio, forty nine to thirty one. They beat Midlakes. They held Midlakes to thirty one points. Um, Giovanna White Principio with thirteen points. Morgan Carballo, a freshman. 13 points, Mackenzie Barber with 10, and they held Kara Walker, who, by the way, Kara Walker, congratulations, 1,000-point score, only six of them, though, against Waterloo. She did come back, um, and they hosted Wayne in the game. She did score her 1,000th point, and she came back with 27 points, 16 rebounds. So um, Midlake's uh, still a force, and it makes it all that more impressive to see Waterloo handle them with an 18-point win. And... Uh, Pelmac handled Geneva. Geneva's really struggling on the girls' side. They don't even have a JV team. How can a school the size of Geneva not have a JV girls' team? Um, 
it's concerning for the program, I'd say, going forward. So let's pull up the standings for the Finger Lakes East girls right now. And here you go. Pelmac with that half-game lead over Waterloo. And then Mid-Lakes and then everybody else. Now, Penyan's hanging around in there. Minders hanging around in there as well at 5-5. Five and five. Once you get down below Minders, um, you got teams that are really struggling to win. The bottom three teams have five wins between them on the season. And a combined, jeez, uh, what would that be, 39 losses? So coming up this week, Penyan's at Marcus Whitman. Marcus Whitman, the leaders in the West, big test for Penyan. Tuesday, Penyan is at Waterloo, so pretty big week for my, for Penyan. And then on Friday, Minders goes to Penyan, which you'll see more importantly than these East Girl standings, that game is going to play a big part of uh, seedings for Class B2 girls. Uh, Pelmax at Midlakes on Tuesday. A huge game for Pelmac if they want to preserve that half-game lead until they square off the following week against Waterloo in a game that will likely be for the Finger Lakes East title. So Finger Lakes West girls now. Uh, The Romulus girls flying under the radar, having a great season. Kiara Woody may be one of the best players in the Finger Lakes West. They beat Hammondsport 53-46 this week. Um, and there's another team that down in D2 has a shot to um, bring a sectional title. Now, this Romulus girls program, historically um, great program, overshadowed in recent years by South Seneca, but I think it was 2012 or maybe it was 14 where they won this a state title. So um, HAC on the girls' side is really raising some um, – Eyebrows. Uh, they beat Bloomfield thirty-eight to twenty-six. Amelia Gugino is um, mentioned. Kara Woody Gugino, one of the best players in the West as well. Sixteen points, fourteen rebounds, seven blocks in that win over Bloomfield. Uh, Bloomfield bounces back with a win against HAC this week. And then, uh, but talking about HAC and Romulus, they squared off this w- week in Romulus, and Romulus won easy, fifty-three to twenty-nine. Some other action. Marcus Whitman is. Holding that lead in the West, but not dominant by any stretch of the imagination. South Seneca almost nipped them in Marcus Whitman. That final was 38-35, Whitman with the win. And then Whitman loses to Wellsville at Whitman, 34-27. to And those are some low-scoring games. I mean, I look at this West here, and outside of um, Romulus has scored 53 points twice this week, um, and Bloomfield scored 61, but I'm looking at a lot of games with scores in teams like Marcus Whitman lost to Wellsville. They scored 27 points. It's tough to get behind. Marcus Whitman defensive-oriented, but it's hard to get behind them as a sectional contender when they're only putting up 27 points against a Wellsville team at home in Marcus Whitman. A Red Jacket girls, though, have they lost Sarah Van Aken last year, and you think, okay, might be a little down. Of course, they do have Sydney Close, who's been at Red Jacket for, seems like, 14 years. Um, they beat Dundee 44-29, or 28, a much improved uh, Dundee team. And, um, you know, Red Jacket girls, as you'll see here, are not rolling over when it comes to uh, the Finger Lakes West standings. Is I'll pop those up for you here next. Uh, one game lead for Whitman 
over Red Jacket. Romulus right there. Dundee probably not going to win the league, but could pull an upset and affect the outcome of the league. And then South Seneca is shocking almost to see them struggle after the dominance over the past four years down in Ovid. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing not saying that they can't still get it together and make a run in sectionals. Um, but I'm sure that um, everybody in their classifications breathe in a little bit of a sigh of relief that maybe they don't have to deal with South Seneca, uh, the dominant South Seneca teams. So there is the Finger Lakes West. And now this week in the West, South Seneca's at Bloomfield on Monday, Bloomfield's at Dundee on Wednesday, and then Dundee's at Romulus on Friday. Some uh, key games coming up this week in the West. Wayne County girls is just insane. The league's insane. I don't know what to talk about or how to say how to predict or even frame some of this stuff uh Gananda beat Lions 45-43 after Lions looked like they had full control of the league standings there was some controversy in that one with the clock um apparently there was a 0.3 on the clock and then the girl was able to catch and shoot and normally it's less than 0.4 you gotta just tap it in but I wasn't there to see it but word is a little controversy there in that Gananda win over Lions at the Atwood. And then Lions uh, also beat Sotis this week after losing to Gananda, bouncing back. Clyde Savannah girls, though, as you'll see, I'm going to shock you in a second. Clyde Savannah beat Williamson 46-40. Of course, Williamson combining with Marion this year. Um, and Clyde Savannah then also beat Bloomfield out of the West 56-48. And East Rochester beat Sotis this week. Uh, Red Creek Beat North Rose Wilkett 68-27. to Even Norris had nine for North Rose. But Izzy Wilbur, 10 three-pointers in that game, 42 points. Uh, go along with five assists, 11 rebounds, and six steals. She was here last week. And, uh, man, the numbers she puts up are, are unbelievable. But then Red Creek goes and loses at Williamson 50-41. to So, um, like I said, the Wayne County League's crazy. Coming up this week in Wayne County as I pull up the standings. And this is where I'm going to shock or surprise you a little bit on Super Bowl Sunday. The Clyde Savannah girls are in first place in the Wayne County League. Just a half game lead over their rival Lions. Red Creek right there just a game and a half back. East Rochester a game and a half back. Kananda with that win over Lions gets back into the race. So it's a five-team race in the Wayne County Girls League. And, of course, Williamson um, at 4-6 and six in the league and 6-7 and seven overall with that big win, upset win over uh, Red Creek. So looking at the schedule this week, Gananda's hosting Wayne out of the Finger Lakes East. Wednesday, Williamson's at East Rochester, North Rose Wolcott at Lions. Clyde's, Clyde Savannah at Red Creek, huge week for Clyde. They can maintain their lead, but they're going to have to win two big games at Red Creek on Wednesday and then East Rochester at Clyde on Friday. Gananda's also at Sodas Friday, and Lions is at Williamson on Friday. So, holy cow, the, finger, the Wayne County Girls League. I tell you about DeSanto Propane. They're offering monthly billing and fixed rates. Get stable pricing all year long. Learn more at DeSantoPropane.com. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto. And Bill Cram Chevrolet. All roads lead to Bill Cram Chevrolet on 5 and 20 between Seneca Falls and Waterloo. Browse their full inventory of new and used vehicles at BillCramChevrolet.com. So I can't believe it. It's almost an hour, and we're going to go late. 
if you're watching us on Spectrum Channel 1304, whatever channel they got us on up there now, um, the show is going to end in about, oh, three minutes. But for those of you streaming on YouTube here at Finger Lakes 1, it's going to continue because we have more to talk about. And we're going to look at some sectional standings on the girls' side. I'll try to be quick with this one. Um, I don't necessarily want to sh need to show you the class A because uh, Wayne's not going to, they're just not going to be a factor. And that's the only team that we have here in the Wayne Finger Lakes up there. So we're going to start with B1. And let me get this up here for you. Just like the boys, a lot of Finger Lakes East flavor. And the Waterloo Indians, there they are, 15 and 1, number one seed. Danville's not going to be a piece of cake. Livonia is going to be tough. And then we don't even know if Waterloo's going to win. The, if Waterloo's not even first place in their league, but they're first place in the sectional stands, Palmyra. Um, Palmac, they're at four. Uh, Batavia at five. And then Midlakes, back-to-back -back sectional titles, going for three in a row. They're right there. If they could get into that, somehow sneak up there into that top five at least or top four but you can see there's a little bit of a gap at this point that might be tough so they might have to uh you know they might have a tough semi-final matchup maybe against a Pelmac or a waterloo uh, a league matchup we've seen that a lot on the girls side the past few years in the sectional semifinals, and then um you know newark down there at 10 geneva at 11 probably not going to happen for those two programs this year but uh B1 is going to be a lot of fun on the girls' side as well. How about B2? You wonder where Minders and Penyan are? Or if the same thing holds true on the boys' side, that they both are contenders for a sectional title, despite struggles within their league? Well, there they are. Penyan 3, Minders 4. So even a little better positioned, maybe, than on the boys' side for these two schools, Penyan and Minders and again, Avon number one on the girls' side as well. well. Wellsville tough. Ava Norris down there for North Rose Wolcott at eight. And Williamson, as I mentioned, combining with Marion, much improved, up at six. Can't count them out. So that's how things are looking for the girls in Class B2. Let's look at, I hope you guys are enjoying this. It's time of the year to look at these sectional standings. We're coming down. It won't be long before we're all over the place. The Finger Lakes 1 sports team is going to be all over the place bringing you live action. And not too far removed, about three weeks now, from our big sectional preview spectacular that we do every year. And we are going to be talking about Class C girls. And again, Marcus Whitman. Red Jacket, East Rochester, uh, Marcus Whitman and Red Jacket both uh, battling for the Finger Lakes West crown, but they're, they're four and five seed right now in sectionals. East Rochester is tough at six. Gananda, a perennial power in sectionals. They're in, it seems like they're in the sectional finals every year for the girls. They're in eighth seed this year, so it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Um, so that's how the Class C1 shakes out for the girls. And let's look at Class C2 for the girls. And this is another one with a lot of Wayne Finger Lakes flavor, especially Wayne. Uh, Keshequa, one. 
And then here you go. Lions 2, Red Creek 3, Clyde Savannah 5, out of the West, Dundee 6. Um, and then way down at 13, South Seneca, it just seems odd. And HAC can beat anybody. They're 15th. This is wide, This one is wide open. I can't make any predictions. I hope that when it all shakes out that we see um, teams like Lions, Red Creek, or Clyde, or Dundee in the semis and in the finals. Maybe South Seneca um, pulls something together late and gets themselves there. Maybe out of the 15th seed, HAC makes some noise. So that'll be something that we're, we're definitely going to look forward to is there's a lot of Wayne Finger Lakes teams in that Class C2 bracket. And, uh, of course, Honeyoy does not have a team, so we're not going to show you D1 standings, but the Romulus girls in D1, D2, excuse me, three seed. Um, North Star Christian this year on the girls' side is pretty, pretty good. And Elba is always good. And But Romulus is there at a three seed. Wouldn't it be something if Romulus could get to a section? It's been, Romulus, since that state title for the girls, has been a wasteland of high school basketball. Um, maybe that's a little harsh, but they just have been a non-factor in the leagues or in sectionals. And, you know, here is a community with tremendous basketball tradition, overshadowed by their rival South Seneca on the girls' side. And this year, I think that South Seneca-Romulus game that you're going to watch on, it's going to be our last broadcast of the regular season. It's going to be something to see. And maybe Romulus can make some news here going forward in sectional so we have gone over our allotted time so i better get to the power rankings going to start out with the boys and so geneva and lions have been flip-flopping at two and three um for much of the past several weeks wayne's got a stranglehold on one uh, Waterloo climbing their way back up they had fallen as low as seven now they're back up to four they were our preseason top pick um, Whitman at five, Red Jacket falls. So Whitman actually leapfrogged, leapfrogged uh, Red Jacket this year or this week. Uh, Minders, boys, we thought maybe they might fall out and never to be seen from again, but they're hanging there at seven. Uh, Newark at eight. Thank goodness for them that big win against Penyan, um, and then Penyan. Uh, drops down to nine. Now remember, Penyan did meet Minders, so Minders are going to have a chance to redeem themselves at home on Friday night when they face off against Penyan and the Gananda Blue Panthers coming in at 10. Let's look at what's going on, girls. Power rankings. Palmac 1, Waterloo 2, Midlakes 3. That's the Finger Lakes East standings right now. So we're just pulling these power rankings right from the top of the Finger Lakes East. And honestly, um, you know, Finger Lakes East is another level than, you know, the West or Wayne County um, historically. And I think that holds true this year. I don't think there's any teams in the West or Wayne County that could compete with Pelmac, Waterloo, or Mid Lakes. And even Penyan or Minders. Um, but if there was, it would be Lions, Marcus Whitman, Red Jacket, or Clyde Savannah. Clyde Savannah way down there at nine, even though they're first place in Wayne County right now. But Lions has some other, has a little better wins if you look at their entire resume. And, um, you know, Whitman, just really tough defensive club, needs to score points if they want to uh, have success in the postseason. Um, and then a tie at 10 between Red Jacket and Romulus. So, both, so this is really a top 11 this week for the power rankings on the girls' side. 
And so there you have it. Take a look at the week ahead as far as Finger Lakes 1's coverage is concerned. Tuesday, I'll be with Kevin Sharp, Courtside, and Marcus Whitman. We've been waiting for this one all year. Lions at Marcus Whitman. Um, why? They're both great teams. They're both deep teams. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say contrast the style because they both like to get up and down. They both like to play pressure defense. Um, I think the key is going to be if Liam Prendergrass can stay out of foul trouble. I think if he's on the court... Um, that uh, you know Whitman might win this one, uh, but he does struggle foul trouble wise, and they they don't have much size without him. But some of these matchups, um, you know, um, deep roster for for both teams. That's going to be a fun game, um, one of the most anticipated games of the year. Tuesday night live on FingerLakes1.com, seven twenty five p.m. I'll be with Kevin Sharp courtside at Marcus Whitman, and then Friday. Wayne's at Waterloo. Can Wayne remain undefeated in the league and pretty much cap? They, they, I think that would clinch the league title, whether or not it mathematically does or not. I think that that would be a clincher for Wayne and uh, and, a, and a great chance for Waterloo to get sectional points is Wayne's Class A and their Class B. So huge game in Waterloo. That'll be live on FL1 Radio. Paul Russo and Nick Felice on the call. And then Saturday morning, wake up. Probably be 9 a.m. We'll let you know exactly what time, but we're going to live stream that with full video. So, hey, maybe you want to go to sleep Friday night and not even find out the outcome. Wake up Saturday and watch it as if it was live. But uh, that will be a very popular video replay next Saturday morning for sure. And then uh, and a couple big games on Finger Lakes 1 this week. I want to remind you that if you want to support what we do here at FingerLakes1.com and help us do more, help us cover more games, help us uh, increase our production value, the best way you can do it as an individual is to become a patron of FingerLakes1.com by going to Patreon.com slash FL1 and give us a pledge of a small monthly donation. Um, you can cancel every time. You'll get an email every month that will say um, – give you an opportunity to cancel that subscription or you can just let it go forever and uh, contribute to the coverage that we're trying to give the finger lakes not only sports wise but uh, news and weather and um, and lifestyle there's a lot going on in the finger lakes we think that we cover it better than anyone else every single day 365 days a year seven days a week 24 hours a day and um, you can help by maybe it's five dollars a month maybe it's two dollars a month maybe it's twenty dollars a month or maybe you really like us and you want to throw us uh five thousand a month we won't say no patreon.com slash fl1 p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash f-l-1 did i forget anything um i did before we get out of here i want to play you an interview we talked a lot about the waterloo girls and you know, I could rattle off, I could rattle off twelve names on that team that are impact players. Um, but I'm going to highlight a freshman. She was our Chichinos player of the game in the win against Mid Lakes. Morgan Carbio, um, her dad's the JV coach, Jose Carbio, and she is also the niece of. Kyle and Mike Saluka from the boys' side, or Kyle Saluka, Mike graduated last year. Um, but this Waterloo team is young. They're talented. Mike Bree has them playing a frenetic pace, and they're going to be good not just this year, but for several years, the whole program. Now, a little rivalry is developing between my daughter's ages in eighth grade. Um, they split with the Waterloo JV girls. They actually won 
yesterday in Waterloo, a JV girls boys doubleheader in the afternoon at Waterloo High School. And so, you know, my daughter is part of a pretty good group, and the JV the Waterloo JV girls and some of the girls that are on varsity should be on JV still. Like Morgan Carbai was in ninth grade. I'm going to play you the interview that she had in the post game with Dave Barnick and Mike Alessio before we get out of here. Um, so here we go from uh, what was this been Wednesday night maybe, but earlier this week Morgan Carbaio, uh our player of the game, in their win against Mid Lakes. Dave Barnick, along with Mike Alessio, and so happy to have with us our uh, Chichino's Pizzeria and Restaurant Player of the Game, Morgan Carabello. Congratulations, Morgan. Thank you. You hit those three-pointers. I, I was noticing you didn't really force the shots. You made sure you were squared up in uh, really nice form, and you were on fire in that second half. I just had to take it one game at a time because I've been struggling shooting recently, but I just had to focus on my shot and not anything else well I was just mentioning to Mr. Alessio here how your team is so deep that it's got to just add to the camaraderie of of the team knowing so many of you contribute to the success you're having Mm -hmm. we're really lucky that we have a lot of good players that can step up at any moment and um, 13 and 1 off to a great start sectionals coming Mm -hmm. up shortly your arch rivals come in for the rematch this Friday looking forward to all that (laughs) I imagine it'll be a fun game I want you to know that it was uh, you and uh, Giovanna. It was up in the air between who the player of the game was. Guess what got you the player of the game? That last little floater. It was a nice drive, swish in, and we made the call right there. So one thing, I, you know, when you talk about the camaraderie, I mean, I also have to believe that with that many great players that, that it makes practices very involved that it's almost like probably game situation when you're mm-hmm. playing against good players, right? And we're all really focused, so it just is really good atmosphere. Now, were, were you uh, on the JV team last year? Or yeah. You were? And um, how do you feel about it being such two freshmen, three sophomores starting? I mean, it's really surprising, but we just work hard to get what we deserve. Well, one of the things at halftime, they had the the youngsters out there, the the very young elementary I don't know what grades they are, third, fourth grade yeah, maybe. probably. Uh, were you part of that program as well? Or I mean. Did they have that going on at the time? Because Coach Bree wasn't there then. I mean, it was still a good program, but he's made it a lot better when he came. There are a lot of kids there. Do you help out at all with the younger kids, like yeah, refereeing or coaching? We're talking I refuse to somebody. the referee. You I'll do anything else but that. <laughs> I don't. We're you talk- were good with the referees out there. Yeah. For we're, al- we're asking a 14-year-old if she uh, or so. How old are, how old are 14. you? 14. Uh, if she helps out with the younger kids. I know, I know. Just amazing and a remarkable uh, effort tonight. Uh, We wish you uh, tremendous success. Uh, Oh, we do want to comment. You also, your defense, yours and the team's, and really uh, limiting a very fine player, uh, Kara Walker, uh, to maybe her lowest point production of the year. Yeah, and you you were right on her when she was floating around the post there. Mm -hmm. I think you did a great job on her, giving up some height, too, so you... So you really did. I, I loved your defense and, and your team's defense. It really warmed down. The slides are right. Um, do you work on that sort of thing a lot? Yeah, past week and a half we've been working on everything, just really focused. Because you haven't practice, played in, yeah. a few, uh, in a little while. Yeah, right? it's been a while. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You'll be getting a certificate, which uh, 
Maybe you'll share, maybe you won't, depending on how much pizza <laughs> right you Right in town, anyway. With Chichino's uh, Player of the Game Award. Thank you for joining Thank us. You. And, uh, more, we'll, and, and we'll see you Friday, success. too. See you mm-hmm. Friday. See you Friday. Bye. That was uh, our Chichino. So, great interview from a, you know, 14-year-old, uh, Morgan Carbio. We're going to obviously hear a lot from her and her teammates over the next uh several years here on fingerlakes1.com so that's going to about wrap it up for us here we did go over which is surprising seeing i'm the only i'm no guest so um i might need a lozenge after this show but i hope i got you caught up on all the action in the leagues what's going on this coming week and i think we did a good job of taking a look at some of the sectional standings so we can kind of see what's at stake Going forward here for the final few weeks of the regular season, sectionals are on the horizon. It's February. It's Groundhog Day. I don't know if the Groundhog saw a shadow. I don't think that there's nothing scientific about that, but I know it's been a pretty mild winter, um, which has made our job of traveling around the region to cover high school basketball a little easier um, than usual. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, Early spring would be nice, but... uh, would love to see a lot of these local teams play deep into the late winter, early spring, and into March and uh, capture sectional titles and maybe uh, surprise us and go a little beyond. There's not too many teams, I think, that have the potential to advance to the state Final Four this year, but there is a handful, and um, you never know what's going to happen. That's what makes high school basketball exciting. So thank you for joining us on the Upstate Hoops podcast today. And who do you got in the Super Bowl tonight? I have not been able to decide, but I think with just a few hours now remaining for game time that I like the KC Chiefs, and I think I don't like the point and a half, though. I think it's an even bet, just a win, and I uh, got to like the over at 54. So Chiefs in the over, maybe. Who knows? Uh it should be a good one. So I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl tonight. And you can connect with us on Twitter at Finger Lakes One. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Our audio-only podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher.com. Archived episodes are available at FingerLakes1.tv. And this podcast airs weekly on Sunday night on Finger Lakes TV Spectrum Channel 1304. You can also find our show live stream games and local news, weather and sports 24-7 on the free FingerLakes1.com Android or iPhone app. I want to thank you for joining me. Enjoy the big game tonight and enjoy high school basketball action this week on Finger Lakes 1. Uh, We're going to see you on Tuesday night at Marcus Whitman.